Hi, this is Pam, and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining us today. And I have Maddie and Haley, and we are going to talk about our recipe development process. We've gotten some um, feedback from some of you listeners that you're very interested in our recipe development. And uh, we thought we would kind of give you a little bit of insight in what we um, do and what our process is. And we will also... uh, at a later date, venture in to talk to John and Robin from the Test Kitchen. And we'll also talk to Teresa and Chris about photo styling and photography at one point. So anyhow, uh, welcome ladies. Hello. Hello. Uh, Recipe development. It's an interesting uh, thing. I think a lot of people don't know what that means or what that is, what it entails. And we three have our own unique process that we have figured out over years of doing this what works for us. And I can say for myself, no two recipes are exactly the same or in terms of how I approach it. But there is a couple of things. A lot of people think that um, there's there's kind of recipe development. There's the spark of the idea of what you want to create. Then there is um, the development in terms of writing up a recipe, kind of what it's going to be, the nuances, the pieces of it. And then there's actually the testing of it where you actually make it. So development is considered differently than testing. Um, We kind of lump them all together. And then we do something called taste panel. And then we get into the photography stage and write about it and all of that. I will just say one thing that I've learned, you know, I've learned from a lot of people that I work with what their styles are. And I've adopted some of that. Uh, And a couple of our uh, staff members, I think three of our staff members over a period of time, all worked at ATK, America's Test Kitchen. And one of the things that they did or do, I thought was a really interesting thing. And they employ a lot of um, interns. So they have a lot of um, boots on the ground or, you know, clogs on the ground of people uh, able to do some research. Which uh, noted, we do not. (laughs) <laughs> Correct. So it is us. We are wearing many chef's hats. <laughs> Let's just make that noted. <laughs> yes. Um, but they will do a uh, kind of a analysis of what are recipes in the category that you are interested in looking at. And they'll do uh, research to try to come up with all the recipes that they can find. And then they'll pick five. They'll pick kind of the two extremes and then three other sort of unique twist on that recipe, make them all, assess them all, and then go ahead with their process. And so I've employed something like that in my own kind of testing. It sort of depends, I think, on the time that we have and the recipe and the complication of it. Um, But I would say myself first, I go to Google, um, whether I'm creating the idea out of thin air and somebody's done it or not, or if I see there's some variation of it, or if it's a classic that I'm trying to update or tweak. So I usually start with Google, and then I start with um, cookbooks and uh, magazines. And I do, uh, thank you, Haley, especially if it's a more complicated or a baking recipe, I then get into an Excel chart to analyze the recipes by ingredient, by amounts, um, and that kind of thing, and then create my own. And sometimes you might take some recipe that you think is really viable and make it and then understand, okay, so this is really what we're going, this is the the end-all be-all of what this thing is supposed to be, and how do we want to make it our own, and then we go from there. 
anyway, that's kind of it in a nutshell for me. So who would like to talk about themselves? <laughs> uh, I can go. Well, sure. I know, I think we've all had the, one of the comments I always get is, how do you, you know, how do you get inspired to do anything that's not already out on the internet? You know, uh -huh. like, how do you come up with a recipe that's different or unique? You know, sure. there's so many recipes out there that it's like, don't you get stale or bored? Um, how do you reinvent the wheel? You know, I think that's like a common thing that we get. Um, and I, like Pam, just like you, there's lots of research. I know we look at different food trends to see what's out there and try to, you know, stick with some of those um, and spin off that. I mean, that's, you know, all kinds of different research from the internet, the cookbook, um, word of mouth, kind of like a lot of us will bring like, well, what's traditional or what would you serve for like Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like you think about dressing, like for or stuffing. You know, yes. what what do you serve? How is it? Do you is it dry? Is it stovetop? Is it has meat? You know, I mean, it's things like mm -hmm. that. That that's I think the collaboration with everyone talking, sitting down and getting different people's opinion, but also research and then kind of seeing what's been done. What can I do? I mean, I I always go back to kind of like. The cabbage. I know we've talked I was about just that. Say, <laughs> well, that was an idea that you just had, and you thought nobody else did it. I, I like this is an idea. Let's see if somebody else did it. They didn't, but I want to do it. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where you're you, you're trying to be creative, but then you're like, is this too creative? Is it going to be a total flop, or is it going to be a success that hey, maybe you'll start a new trend? You don't know. Right. I mean, it's. I right. think that's the fun part. Yeah, is trying to see. That's kitchen. You can make it lots of times. <laughs> and if oil spills over, oil spills over. I mean, <laughs> it's not your home. Good. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that's the good thing is that we do a lot of testing so we can debunk some things that, you know, do it this way versus this way. And here's why. So, um, no, I go back to that. You know, we do use we have lots of cookbooks on hand. Um, all of us have personal experiences, um, and the Internet, of course. <laughs> yeah. Social media. I mean, there's so many avenues to explore that well, really helps. And one thing too, to kind of add on to that is you said like our own unique experiences, our own unique traditions that we grew up with. And we all have lived um, kind of from different places. I mean, some of us are local, but we've traveled and we've gone and lived in different areas or I'm, I'm lived on both coasts. I mean, growing up on both coasts and moved to the Midwest, um, 10 years ago for work. So, and I went to school in Indiana, mid, I considered it Midwest, um, Iowans don't, but <laughs> if, you, if you live on a coast, it's Midwest. But anyway, I digress. It's, um, I think those experiences of travel and where you come from and then where your family, where they've traveled or their families have kind of have come from, I think that all plays into it too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I've also done where I've um, looked at images or uh, menus, like trends, like you were saying, like look at menus that are uh, chefs or, or if you've gone to a restaurant, um, for example, I know I tried to replicate something and I now it's, it's gonna elude me what the recipe was, but I believe that I had it proof when uh, Haley, your husband owned that. Uh, and I know that I also replicated something, actually the um, organization he works with now, St. Kilda, mm -hmm. uh, their mushroom toast. Last year, I love that mushroom toast and I said, I am going to do my best to replicate this because it's so good. I have no idea what their recipe is, but I did something 
based on my impression of it and develop something le- that way. So anyhow. And totally. And, and like, like you said, with me being kind of, you know, all different jobs throughout yes. the, you know, throughout my time here, um, food stylist is one of them. So I am keen to looking at images, you know, Google something and kind of see what the images are for inspiration, because a lot of times we want pretty food. You know, it's yes. that's one of the common things that it's like, well, how can we make this pretty? I mean, like, you know, yes, everything can be pretty with certain propping and stuff, which Teresa will, you know, we kind of put her under the <laughs> try to get yeah. her inspiration. Like, how can can this work? Um <laughs> It, it tastes so good that we wanted to work, but visually, you know, a lot of times we do think about what it's going to look like. Is it going to be a stunning picture or is it going to need a little propping? But yeah, I mean, I even know, I remember doing a, a shrimp dish and I just had in my mind, and I don't even know if I saw an image, but I just thought, oh, I want a smear of like sauce on the plate and I want it to be like fruit or, um, origin. And I think I did mango or something. And I I just didn't, I just created it, you know, and that's what we would do. I mean, it really was an image that I had in my head and I thought that's what I want to do. And I, and I remember working with somebody who she drew a lot of pictures when she was plating or coming up with ideas. And so I sort of said, Oh, I really like that. I'm going to employ that sometimes. So um, well, like Haley, I said uh, that I sort of borrowed, especially for baking, the chart that you, I don't know if you originated it at Cuisine, but um, it is a fabulous way of organizing a lot of information. Yes, I, I did originate that at Cuisine, and it wasn't something I started doing when I started at Cuisine. I, it took me, you know, a few years And then I was like, you know, a spreadsheet would really be helpful here. And like Pam said, especially for baking. And Um, you love a spreadsheet. I do love me a spreadsheet. (laughs) So I list all my ingredients on the left-hand side and books or internet, you know, sources up at the top. And then, you know, list all the amounts for all the things. I list size of pans, temperatures things are baked at. Um, you know, all of those time it takes to cook. (laughs) Yep. Time it takes to cook all of those sorts of variables. And then I can see, you know, which recipes are the outliers, like, because anything that's straying too far out, like they're probably, I don't necessarily want to consult their recipe. Um, and it's also a good way to see, you know, what are the common flavorings in this dessert or baked good? Um, you know, do I want to stick with like tradition or not? Like Maddie had said, sometimes it's really hard to reinvent the wheel and she's right. But sometimes we're not looking to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes we want to give you the classic thing because maybe we don't have a recipe for that. And we want to share with you, you know, what this recipe, you know, was originally and what it's meant to be. And then from there, if you want to change flavor profiles, you know, that's something you can do. Yeah. Uh, Um, sorry. And then with a classic, um, it might just come down to like teaching. I mean, we are a teaching magazine, so we want to really make sure we're employing a good technique or share kind of the aha that we might've had or something like that. Yes. Well, and like with this most recent issue, we did a Bouche de Noel and you'll see that coming out in the December issue. We have done one before at Cuisine and I So I used that recipe sort of as a reference for where I wanted to go, but I wanted to make it a little bit simpler than our previous one um, and a little bit larger. So it's good to have that sort of reference recipe 
as a guide. And you use that more for technique than flavoring or even the cake base. I um, did. And I made a lot of lists of different flavor profiles uh, that I could take with the cake. And some of them lent themselves more to a simpler technique. And that so that sort of helped me choose the flavor profile that I wanted to go with. Well, and I think, Maddie, you kind of mentioned this. And that the other thing is that our greatest resource is each other, too. We then mm -hmm. sort of, we'll do sort of some research or we might be struggling with something and, and hey, what do you think about this? Or do you think I could do this really weird thing with this? Um, but we have, A, we have an archive of recipes that we all usually kind of turn to. So there might be a technique that we used for some obscure thing that we then can pull in and use for a recipe we're working on. Or, um, somebody just has a great flavor idea or a tweak that you, you maybe hadn't considered, which comes up, uh, I think, in the development phase and then sometimes at taste panel too. Mm -hmm. Which has been a struggle through COVID because we don't necessarily have the um, resources right now to do a taste panel because a lot of times we're cooking from home. or mm -hmm. well, um, and, also, and also just from the health standpoint of not eating somebody else's cooked food. Totally. I mean, we've had to kind of, you know, this time has been challenging, but also, I mean, I think it's bringing out the best in us, kind of making us kind of do a little pushing ourselves to get it to be perfect and then um, kind of talking it out. I know we've all kind of said, well, this is what I think, you know, this is, you know, this is what I've got going on. Any suggestions? Any, you know, I mean, I go back, you know, look at Robin's peanut butter pie that she was like, I like it, but there's something, you know, just missing just in our Monday morning meeting. And John's like, well, what about peanut butter crackers? You know, so it's like those little just conversations that you can just pick up even since we can't have taste panel that have been really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, so <clears throat> I think we've all, um, I don't know, would you say that development is your kind of favorite part of the job? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just because it, it, I think it lets us uh, be creative and kind of um, own our work. Sure. I mean, writing's fun to kind of, but it's like the whole basis is around development that, you know, mm -hmm. that strikes everything. It's the starting point. That's and sometimes true. it's a real challenge too, you know, the, re the recipes, you know. Uh, I've definitely had things I've been so excited to work on, you know, it's maybe it's based, <laughs> based on something else I've seen somewhere. Um, and I just cannot get that one thing, you know, and sometimes it's a real struggle, but once you finally get it, it's, you know, woohoo, satisfying. I, <laughs> I, I have a hard time, uh, kind of saying writing versus development. I like both. And I love to be in the zone in the kitchen where I've got music going and I am creating and you're creating as you're going or, and I would say too, the first time you make a recipe is sort of, um, Stressful. stressful. <laughs> yes. And once you make it once, once you make it once and once you take it to taste panel once or, you know, have other get feedback, uh, you're over a hurdle and it, there is some kind of, aha, I feel better. But um, if you all, um, you know, you got to have a thick skin to be in this business because not only does everybody comment on your writing, but they're commenting on your ideas and your creativity sort of, and your ability sometimes, and you take stuff to a taste panel and it's, um, I mean, everybody tries to be kind, but it can be, sometimes it can be tough to take 
um, hear a lot of criticism or, you know, constructive criticism, but it can be tough. And I Oh, go ahead, Haley. Sorry, Maddie. I think one thing we have all probably learned is to maybe leave your family recipes at home and don't recreate those. (laughs) Because I think we've all tried to recreate a family recipe and Uh for whatever reason, it just doesn't... um, doesn't resonate with the staff and then feelings can get hurt because you have such an emotional tie to it. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say, Haley, because I know um, as much as you want, you want everyone to love it. Everyone has different opinions. And I know like I have so many food aversions that I'm like, Oh, that's not my cup of tea. You know, like I, you know, I'm not big on cheese or, you know, or seafood. So it's like any one of those dishes, I feel like, well, I'm not commenting because I have nothing good to say, period. But, you know, it's it, the family recipes are a family recipe and sometimes they are left to be a family secret. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I've definitely trotted out a few and, and they've taken, I will say some of mine, I've been okay with some of the tweaks and I just, I, in my heart, I'm like, I know I've got my own version for family and I've got this other version that appeals to my family at work kind of thing and hopefully totally else but i'm kind of snickering to myself um uh, i did not experience it firsthand but there was a a former editor um developer who used to work at cuisine and i worked with him for a period of time but he i think he had talked (laughs) up his mother's Haley, you're gonna have to tell the story because you were there he talked up his mother's was it cornbread? Scones. No. Scones. <laughs> because she was Irish and she had this fabulous recipe for scones. And Carlos talked this recipe up endlessly. And one day he finally made them. And, uh, well, we found out that the recipe came from a cookbook. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like the back of uh, a jar or something or a back Well, of- it was, I can't remember exactly. Like something along those lines. It wasn't some great family recipe. It was from the back of a box or from a, some cookbook. It's like the Friends episode where like they're trying to re, Monica's trying to recreate this like chocolate chip cookie or, you know, or something. And then they come to find out it's like on the back of a, you know, on a toll like house bag. <laughs> yeah. So and you're like, oh man. Yeah, it's good. But, you know, it's not really yours. <laughs> but no, I think that's, that's it exactly is that it's like, you know, some things you're like, yeah, you know, it can be tweaked. I know uh, my aunt Julie one Christmas made us a cookbook, like a family cookbook. Mm. And I brought it in and showed you guys. Um, and it was kind of like all their recipes growing up, what they would eat. And it was so funny, but then also like recipes now that they enjoy or, you know, would cook for the kids and, um, things like that, that, um, and I think we featured Julie's recipe, one of Julie's recipes from we her did. cookbook. Was uh, it but, a turkey burger? Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah. I think it was a cover image. Yep. It was. Yep. I think that was our first, uh, reader recipe. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of uh cookbook, my mom did that one year. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. Um, they were, they were having a lean Christmas and she started, but it was, it was one of the, she was, her gifts were very thoughtful. She was always a very thoughtful woman and um, Christmas was really big for her. And so uh, she started to like gift like some family heirlooms and, and then she made um, cookbooks for all of us. I'm probably the only one who references them. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And I mean, you look back because my mom and her siblings were like six, six kids in that family. And so some of the recipes were like, 
Let's Getty. And it was, I think it was like a can of tomato soup and noodle, you know, like <laughs> some interesting recipes, oh. but it's like any way to save a buck with a family yep. of eight. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, some of my mothers were from a book called, it was by Peg Bracken. It was called I Hate to Cook Book. <laughs> <laughs> And my mother loved to cook, but it was for a kind of a, a bride starting out, learning to cook and just easy recipes that there were definitely some cans of condensed soup in there. <laughs> that Ain't era, no shame. That, nope, nope. <laughs> and I have to tell you this one recipe, it has been trotted out to friends galore Everybody I know has this recipe. They all want this recipe. <laughs> and I have thought about, actually, I'm putting that on my list. Um, I want to recreate a version of it without condensed soup. Yeah. That well, is, what is okay. it? It's called, uh, we called it Saturday night chicken, but it might be Sunday night. I don't know if I... <laughs> If, and uh, she always made it, I think, slightly different than the recipe. But it was kind of a whole chicken cut up that you seasoned, probably salt, pepper, maybe some garlic salt powder, um, maybe. And there was always paprika. You know, that was a big <laughs> garnish. Mm -hmm, special. And, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I seriously think it was a can of maybe condensed soup, I think mushroom. Mm -hmm. And I might have been heavy cream. I think she used half and half or something. Pour it all over. It could be as simple as that. I probably have the cookbook here. I could look it up. And I haven't had it in years. And um, pour it all over and bake it. And it is so good. It is I mean, so, so good. The creamy that. sauce. Yeah. I you mean, know, I'm a creamy, creamy sauce kind of gal. <laughs> yeah. And plenty of salt, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Another yes. thing I'm a fan of. <laughs> yes. And full disclosure, you can't see it, but Haley has a uh, little uh, Morton girl um, tattoo. Salt. <laughs> Salt tattoo. <laughs> uh, I mean, everything should be seasoned well. Yes. <laughs> That's right. If nothing else, I think I will say this. If nothing else, culinary school teaches you season every component, every yeah. layer. <laughs> every step of the recipe. Yes. Uh, and I'm trying to think what I was watching the other day where they were doing that. It was a TV show and it could have been Amy. Um, is it Amy Schumer? Amy Schumer. Cook. Yeah, it might've been her. Uh, I'd love to see this. And I don't know if it's, oh, is it on, um, it's HBO? on the food network now. I think it's food network. Okay. Yeah. Food network. Um, but but I can't remember. Her, her husband is a, I think James Beard award-winning chef and she doesn't know how to cook. And so they're stuck at home doing COVID. And so, and their nanny is their uh, photographer and they have like uh, cameras rigged up everywhere. I think they did a segment on um, CBS Sunday morning and um, it's, uh, and she's cracking jokes the whole time and he's teaching her how to cook. Uh, I really want to see it, but he might've been the one who was taught. I'm, I don't remember, but yes, it's season every, every kind of layer of something. Well, but, that sounds great. Uh, I mean, she's, she's a funny lady. She is. Uh, anything else we want to share or you want to share about your process or Good people question. might not know about? <laughs> yeah. Huh. I mean, uh, I put pickles in anything I possibly can. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite secret ingredient. And don't throw away that pickle juice. That's good for things, too. Oh, John did that great totally. article on um, brining 
with, uh, I think he did pork chops and chicken with uh, pickle brine. Yep, he did. Those were delicious. I mean, it's really like the perfect, it's a brine for cucumbers yep. to turn into. Yep. Totally, so. especially right now if you got some hanging around. Yep. Well, actually, this might be a little later. You might not have cucumbers, but. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, not. Uh, I got to tell you, I don't have cucumbers. My my garden that was just doing so well, it's succumbed to, a friend of mine told me what it is, but there's some kind of cucumber blight um, of some sort. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't the derecho that took it out? It was not the derecho, no. Well, and I learned something uh, last night because I couldn't understand how uh, we just uh, had a derecho here. Um, if anybody listening hasn't heard of that, it's uh, also known as straight line winds or an inland hurricane. And it has done massive devastation in the Midwest and in Iowa. I think uh, most, especially, I think a third of the corn crop has been destroyed. Um, grain, elevator, grain elevators were like crushed that looked like somebody um, took, they would do with like a, um, a can of soda or something. They would just crush it. That's what they look like toppled over with the grain spilling out. And, um, so it was, uh, no, that was before the derecho. Oh, but the derecho, okay. what I understood to be is that I think it becomes a derecho when it's an extended period of time. So okay. straight line winds are maybe, maybe not as intensive or, um, don't go on for quite as long. And I think it becomes a derecho when, it's been a certain period of time. And also it covered um, like 700 or 750 square miles or something like that. I don't know. But well, you just, just traveled? Right. And driving through the country, I mean, it's so depressing seeing yeah. like the corn. Like there's just spots where it's completely knocked down or just looks so sad and dried and wiry looking. Like it's like just... It's so depressing. And you and we did. We saw some of the grain bins, like tops are flown off. And Ugh. I mean, those poor farmers, I just yeah. think of. Yeah. And I mean, I, I my uncles, I think, was doing okay. My, I asked my mom. and But I mean, you yeah. don't know. It's something so freak like that that yes. you can't predict. Mm -hmm. uh -uh. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. What a, um, I mean, I had never heard of straight line winds and never experienced it. And it, I mean, it's gotten national attention, but at the same time, not to the degree of like, um, like the hurricane or the, the tropical storm that went up the East coast affected. I mean, I had friends I didn't realize, um, that were without power for five days in the area I grew up, but not everybody was affected kind of like here. Uh, I mean, I was out for power five days as well. But I mean, there's totally. still people without power, but the, um, I thought, thought it was very interesting the way that the, um, they flattened the crops or they were like whipped around, I think with the wind that they were uprooted. I mean, same thing with trees and all of that. Um, it but, literally uh, looks like something plowed through them, like the just thing, in the middle of nowhere. The uh -huh. drop the dryness of the debris is what I found very interesting that it became dry so quickly. And I, I don't know, did the wind like take suck up the water? I, I don't know. Well, it's I no probably idea. pulled the roots out. So it's not getting sure. that source of sure. It just went dry really quickly, but, mm -hmm. um, well, our, our thoughts and hearts go out to, um, everyone who has been affected and, um, you know, we're, we're talking pretty lightly here about our, process but we're um thinking about you all and um i hope that uh they get some help 
I really totally. do hope they get some help. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's Sorry a sad for that note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyhow, well, thanks for sharing your process with me and with our listeners. I think they're interested. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there are no rules. It's a fun thing to do. And it's definitely the heart of the whole process behind it. Is. Exactly. Well, and, you know, like the ideas, you know, the ideas originate with us. So whether they are just made up out of thin air, which happens, or if, as Haley was saying, if it's a classic we want to recreate, or as you were saying, Maddie, if there's a twist on something, um, there's just, it's lots of different things that we're sort of approaching and, and coming up with. And, um, and then, yeah. And then we're kind of like have our little science experiments in our kitchens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I, and you know, a lot of people, I think, think it's just, you know, editorial and, um, test kitchen, but we've even gotten Teresa and Chris to pitch in some of their recipes because Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not necessarily making them, but at the same time, they're helping us with a new avenue of areas. So it's like, we're getting everyone involved. New ideas. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for joining me today, ladies. And uh, thanks for listening today, folks. And uh, look forward to you coming back uh, next time uh, for more of must love food. And if you want uh, a little inspiration before then, check us out at cuisineathome.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks all. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom home-branded kitchen tools, such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.